Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're gonna wanna stick around. Because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm gonna give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful, no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful podcast. We have our special guest. Her name is Becky. She is co-owner of Anxiety Specialist with her husband. They have owned this business for nine years, helping others with anxiety. They have an in-person clinic as well as help people online. Before giving birth to her son, Becky had a condition that left her in a wheelchair for the last three months of her pregnancy. She was physically and mentally not doing her best, but soon after the birth, she was in an incident that led her to getting PTSD. Feeling a lot of shame, she was tempted to hide away from the world, but she decided to start her journey to recovery on YouTube instead. She has turned that struggle into her purpose and is why she runs the business she does today. She is also a mom of two and she lives in New Zealand. Yes. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Becky and I were just having a full conversation how like everything is going wrong. So if you heard (laughs) some background noise in that intro, it's because my cleaners are here today and we're just doing it messy. So if you know what entrepreneurship is like, it's doing it messy. But welcome to the podcast, Becky. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like doing a business and having kids is doing life messy. And they just isn't really any other way of doing it. You're, like you were saying, you just like got to hold on. You just got to hold yeah. on. <laughs> and the smooth moments and then this like drop out from under you, your stomach's gone moments. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah with, especially doing with online business, you've got all the tech side of stuff as well. And so when Absolutely. that's not working, that's like a big portion of your business and sometimes feels so out of your control. <laughs> Right. And sometimes it just will not work. But I was so excited when I saw what you do, because I actually gave birth to my daughter two years ago. So in 2020 and was diagnosed. Thank you. And was diagnosed with PPA. So postpartum anxiety quite severely where I was put into a research study for other women with postpartum anxiety. And I had no idea that that was even a thing. I was prepared for postpartum depression, but not anxiety. So it was so cool to see what you guys do and how you help people and specifically entrepreneurs. So tell us a bit more. Tell us a bit more about the business. So we, we've been doing this for, for nine years. We've been running a clinic. Crazy. We've been seeing people with anxiety and helping them. And started with my husband, who is um, uh, trained in, in um, helping, doing therapy and helping people and that side of things. And he's been seeing people one-on-one for that whole time. And then I, very soon into that journey, I started really struggling <laughs> with my mental health. I got very severe depression and really intense anxiety. And so I had to start my journey. And that was really when my husband was starting out in his therapeutic practice. And so it was like, I was working through it and I would do things and that would feed into what he would help his clients with. He'd be like, oh, that's a really great strategy that you're using <laughs> that you've learned from reading a book or working with my therapist or whatever. It's like, I think I'm going to use that with my clients. And he'd start fitting that into us. And together, it's been interesting with me doing kind of the school of hard knocks and him having sort of his science research 
sort of yeah. brain side of things just kind of we've kind of worked together to create this this process and system that we use with our anxiety clients which is I feel really personal experience heart and head based so it's it's this really cool melding that we've done and through that journey like I said you know there was that a lot of shame to start with and a lot of feeling like I should be hiding mm. and both you know later with the the PTSD but also earlier when I first got that depression and then I just decided, actually, I want to be the person who speaks out and is really open about it and actually shares my stories with others yes. so that they can realize they're not alone. Because that happened with me right early in the beginning. I had this belief that it was just me. I was the only one who had this. No one else was struggling like I was and that I'd ruined my life because I um, had a very stressful job. I got so anxious that um, I was put on medication. Then the medication triggered suicidality and suicidal thoughts and then I left my job because I was scared that if I didn't I might do something irreversible and so I'm in this place and I thought I'd kind of messed everything up and then I met a family member who opened up to me and said basically what she'd been through and she'd been through some pretty severe stuff and I looked at her and I was like wow if she can get through that then I can get through this and it's really fed into my purpose because I'm like people need someone to hear that they've been through struggle and yeah. come out of that and been able to enjoy life again and have a rewarding life after that and meaning yeah. because other when you're in the midst of it it feels it can feel like it's over and and like no one understands and that's what has been a big part of why I've been so open with with our clients in our clinic and then more in the in the last few years um, online as well to share that and help other people. It's such an inspiring journey. And it's, it's so brave to share those things online. I know, cause I do it sometimes. I don't yeah. do as much as I used to anymore, but even like sharing about my postpartum anxiety, I've, I've made a few episodes about that as well. And it's like, it's hard because you do feel alone. Right. And, and if you're not oh, yeah. connecting with other people who are dealing with it, so it's so cool what you do. Do you have a community aspect to your business? We have, I guess in the community, we've got so our online side of things, um, we, we do have a group, which I think is actually really cool about the online program where when you do one-on-one -on -one therapy, it's you and the therapist, yeah. but they're not necessarily the person who's going through anxiety as well. So it's less camaraderie as a, as a sort of a support person helping you, working you through a process. And the great thing about Michael is he has experienced elements of anxiety himself. So he really does relate to it. But it's a bit different to being with someone who's in the trenches. Absolutely. And, and you so, said, sorry, you didn't mention, but I yeah. think he he has his master's and postgraduate in clinical psychology, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's the same in every country that he does, like he one-on-one -on -one therapy, kind of like talk therapy, all of that. Yeah. And um, working through the, yeah. And he also has done training in things, um, trauma-based stuff as well, like MDR and, mm, and um yeah, me too. Yeah, I love EMDR. Yeah, so good. So yeah, really the gold standard for the, um, for doing trauma. And it's yeah. funny, well, not funny, but it's interesting how much trauma impacts people's lives. And not sure. just like PTSD is sort of that big one-off event that people kind of really recognize, especially in terms of sexual trauma and war veterans sort of trauma. Like we're like, yeah. oh yes, PTSD. But the smaller traumas, those little things that like a teacher saying something to us in class that just sticks with us. And the yeah. big problem with trauma is it's the way 
we think of ourselves after that, the way we see ourselves. Oh, I, I'm useless. I'm stupid. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make anything of myself. Yeah. All those sort of messages, they then impact the rest of our lives. They can be part of our anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting how when we're going through the process, especially with one-on-one, often we'll, Michael will move into doing some EMDR to work through some of those traumas because some of them will pop up and it's like, actually, if we work through those, they'll make this other size side easier. Yeah. So yes, he's got, he's got a lot of experience and, um, and training in a range of things. And, um, that's amazing. I yeah, sort of interrupted you when you were talking yeah, about no, no, the, group, okay. the group program. So, yeah. so you have a group program on top of the yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Um, yes, we have the group program and that we've got sort of like an online program that people can work through, which is really great because it's actually what we would take someone through one-on-one, right. but they can actually do it day by day rather than waiting weeks in between. And we actually yeah. have quite a few of our clients who see us in person who actually also go through our online because they can go through, get more progress more quickly right. because they can, you know, do five minutes a day where, you know, we're with them in the, on the videos, talking them through it, and then they can kind yeah. of get more practice and stuff. So that's been really cool. But we also have like a, um, a chat group where they can connect with other people who are going through it, celebrate successes, share when they're struggling. And then it, it just doesn't feel like you're alone anymore. Yeah. It feels like there's other people going through it with you who get it, who get it. They're right in the, in the thick of it too. Exactly. And, and then we have um, group calls as well, where we get on a call together and chat and, and help people through any blocks they might be having. And those are great as well, because it's interesting. We often find that they've jumped on early so that they can talk to each other before oh. the coaching, which is really cool. I really love that about that side I of things. That. So yeah, I think it's something people often don't get when they're doing mental health journey is actually... Mm-hmm being able to go alongside some other people who are are going through it as well. And not feel alone. And we jumped in right into your business. So let's talk a little bit more about your story with the mental health. So your husband just started kind of his one-on-one and his practice. And then you went through an incident and you just had your first son and your first son, right? Yeah. Yeah. So actually we just started the business and I, it actually was before we started that business that I got severely depressed and anxious. That was when he was finishing his degree. <laughs> and I, I, I actually, um, it got so severe that I was actually admitted into a respite facility wow. for about two months as well. And so that was happening right around the beginning. And one of the things that has, when he went through his final exam, they actually said, you know, you have one of the best safety plans that we've ever seen. And it's like, he's worked, he's been like going through this journey, like 24 seven, not just, you know, one right. hour a week type of thing, working walking with me through it but so we had that experience and and it was a number of years of doing quite intensive therapy to work through that and then it was it was you know many years later that I then so four years ago that I had my first son and we'd been preparing you know because there was a possibility that maybe depression would come back like you you know you were saying you know you're prepared for depression and then I went up I went hyper and so I was expecting to go down and I got went up and I wasn't yep. sleeping and with the not sleeping sleep oh yeah it was horrible and it was just like I would get like 10 minutes sleep and then and then I would be like wide awake yeah and everyone around me was just exhausted because they couldn't keep up with the energy yep. and the constant talking and then because of my trauma with having been suicidal in the past, 
I, I had this one really bad night where my son got really, was just inconsolable. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I couldn't cope, which is one of my, my cycles is going, oh no, I can't cope. And then my brain from the trauma in the past was kind of like scared that I might become suicidal if I couldn't mm-hmm. cope, if this kept going. And so I had a conversation with one of the midwives and because of the bad state I was in and how panicked I was, there was a confusion and they thought I was suicidal Mm. and actually even homicidal. And so with that confusion came the sudden cascade of interventions. So people turned um, middle of the night, 2 a.m. I had crisis team turn up at my door and found out later that there was conversations about whether they should be calling the police and all sorts of wow. things. And I was, there, there was this medication that I didn't want to take because I knew I'd become suicidal on it previously. And I was scared that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't suicidal at that point, but I was scared if I went on this. And there was this conversation that if I didn't take the medication, maybe I'd have to be taken away and all this sort of stuff. And so wow. that experience led to um, me getting PTSD trauma from and there was really, really frustrating thing of, and this does happen with people we meet who, unfortunately, they have a negative experience with getting help for their mental health that leads yep. them getting traumatized by it. Yep. And it's so sad because it just piles on, on the mm-hmm. mental health side of things. And for me, it was so frustrating because I'd done all this work years ago to work through my mental health and I'd been doing great, you know, and I thought maybe I'd have to work through some depression from after the birth, but I never expected to get PTSD and it felt like going right back to square one. And it was really frustrating. But one of the things I realized once I kind of picked myself back up again, is like, wait a minute, I've gone through this before. I have the skills and the strategies. I just need to lean in and do the work again and work through it. And it was amazing because I got diagnosed with PTSD a number of months after the incident because you do need to wait a number of months because, you know, that for it to actually be PTSD, it has to be later. But then within a year, a year after being diagnosed, I got reassessed after working really intensely on it and I got reassessed and no longer qualified as having the amazing. PTSD. And I was like, it gave me this confidence. It's like, if, if I can do that, if I can work through another blip, another another challenge, then I have the skills. So if anything comes up, I, I actually have the skills to work through it. And um, it's what helps me to hang in there when things go sideways, yeah. which they do, as we've been talking about. Um, most recent sideways has actually been with we're doing a um, development project, which is another thing. Because <laughs> at the moment, we just don't have enough things to do. <laughs> so we're building on the back of our property and we cut the bill back. And it was 250% on what we'd been quoted for the development. Wow. The actual cost. And it was just so two and a half times what we'd expected. And it was just like stomach drop. Oh my gosh. Like, are we going to be able to get the financing? How is this going to work? You know, recalculate whether it's still worth it and like already had money sunk into it. And so having those skills to be able to work through Mm. like these things as they pop up because life does that life throws things at you and when you get over one hurdle you know sometimes it just prepares you for the next (laughs) it's like especially in business man oh my god business it's just like you go through one challenge after another if it's you know when you're small you're working for yourself and you're trying to do everything but then you bring on staff and then you've got managing staff and letting go of staff and all those things that are really challenging as a business owner and 
risks within the business, having to manage those risks. And I'm really glad actually I've done this anxiety work because of how it helps me to be able to lean into the risks in the business. And even the the fear of doing things that are really important, like increasing prices and like how are people going to respond when we do that, but how important that is to keep the business sustainable and move the business forward. So, yeah. What would be some, like a few tangible or a couple tangible tips that you could give when you say, I've done the work and I leaned into it. Maybe when someone's going through like a blip that you mentioned or like a tough time where they thought they were good, but it's come back. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing to start with is there has to be some real, there has to be a moment. I think the biggest thing, there has to be a moment where you make a decision, you're actually going to do something about it and not just kind of hang in there and kind of like muddle through, but actually go and get some support and some help. Because there's doing tips and tricks, but especially if you've got um, higher levels of anxiety that are affecting your functioning, then it's a really good idea to get support. And what we find is people can be in this distress state where they're going, can I just have a tip or a trick or something? And it's like, actually, you need to hit your your breaking point Mm -hmm. where you're ready to make that commitment. And then from there, the the starting point is really developing regulation skills. So it's really important because when we have anxiety, that anxiety builds up, but you have a baseline. You have a baseline of your anxiety and then you go off that. And if you have stressful things happening in your life, and which I'm finding at the moment, my baseline (laughs) is going up at the moment with all the things that are hitting me. Oh, having a baby and project and business. Congratulations. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exciting, awesome things that are yeah. also really hard. You need to have the skills to be able to bring that baseline mm-hmm. down and so that you're not peaking up into those mm-hmm. high ranges of anxiety that affect your functioning. That feel and that's, that, those ranges that's that feel like, like you just can't do it. Like when you get oh, yeah. to that point where it's like, and, and that point when you've gotten so high is the point where it's like, it's hard to ask for help because it feels insurmountable. And that's yeah. unfortunately, I'm not sure how it is in New Zealand, but in Canada, and I know in America or at Canada for sure, it's like impossible to find a therapist or help in general. Like my husband and I started going to marriage therapy and we started looking in December mm-hmm. of last year for someone and just a month or two ago got in. And so like, yeah. it is hard to get help here. And when I, so when I went through postpartum anxiety with the birth of my daughter, uh, my doctor just like diagnosed me, was like, I'll put you on SSRI. So um, whatever they're called, just anxiety medications. And mm. that was it. And I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm on a lot of medications for Crohn's and I'm not about to try that out. Um, can I <laughs> yeah. like, see someone or talk to someone? And they're like, the wait list is years. I'm like, ooh. Cool, cool. So, like, <laughs> then I need to just yeah. like get to the point that I do have suicidal thoughts and call the crisis line. That's the only help available. Cool, cool. Yeah. So I know that it's, it's great. Yeah. Like that, there's something like your company exists and that you have online is because there's times where like there's nothing available, especially in different countries. Yeah. And that's where it's really cool. Yeah, that's why why we we're so excited about having the online side of things is because people can get start straight away. Yeah. They can get straight into the regulation practices. They can start learning. And, and even the first thing is just understanding anxiety. The, right. the amount of, the lack of awareness of what anxiety actually is, yeah. what, what's going on in your body, why your body responds the way it does. It's amazing how much just understanding anxiety actually reduces anxiety. Because, I'm like, tell me all the things. Tell me what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because 
if you once you understand it, then it's not that the boogie monster in the corner that you're like, mm. if this happens, will I be able to cope? And how bad will it get? And all the sort of things you understand what actually the limits of anxiety are as well. Yeah. And how, and especially with panic is one of the things I really struggled with. And it becomes a fear of fear. It's a fear of that anxiety. And it's like, oh no, if the panic gets worse, then something terrible will happen. And you have this prediction of, you know, it just I'm continuing to exit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. just, belief that it will continue to get worse and then something absolutely catastrophic so you're doing everything you can to stop it from getting worse but by trying to stop it to getting worse it gets worse yeah <laughs> and so understanding like especially like just base, basic mechanics of panic is about actually allowing the anxiety to happen mm. and then peaks and then comes back down and you learn that it peaks and comes back down yeah and through there's a process for that but it, that's that's the the place to start and the great thing with having like being able to get all of like my experience and Michael's knowledge and like condense it into these videos and like package it is that it's like you can start on this right now you can get into it you can have your first group call with with us to kind of like start working you through it you know within the first month and within the first couple of days you can start connecting with other people who are going through anxiety share you know where you're at start reading about what they've experienced and what they're going through and get started like straight away. And then we also prioritize seeing people within our membership as well. So if somebody's like, okay, I'm working through the stuff, but I need, I need sessions as well, then, then we prioritize getting them in as soon as we can as well to help them. And because they're working through the program, they don't actually need as many sessions with us right. because they can be working on that day by day by day as well. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's really an exciting side of things. And there's that challenge with entrepreneurship of, marketing that and finding a way to get out to a different audience because promoting to an in-person business is very different to promoting to an online audience as you would know because you actually help people with that absolutely exactly what I do but it is it is completely different and and getting out there and and packaging that in a way that people understand is difficult. So I'm glad you're on this podcast because it's cool to hear and I'm glad our listeners can hear too. Yeah so if I said like the first thing that you would do like that would help would be actually learning more about anxiety yeah. would be actually digging into what is going on with anxiety. Yeah. And um, we actually offer a free anxiety reducer guide that takes you through. This is the second section Michael does with people and we've written it out of, and he goes through, he just has a passion for the biology and, and psychology of exactly what's going on. And he's figured out how to explain that in a way that's really understandable that, helps people to kind of reduce their anxiety just by understanding that. And so we, we actually offer that as a free resource now for people. And that's mm-hmm. a great place to just start because that way you can get that understanding and then from there you can move into. And so yeah, you make that decision, you, you get some understanding of that, and then you want to move into that regulation piece yeah. and learning how to bring down your overall levels because you're just not going to be able to do other work until you've brought down those levels of anxiety. Mm-hmm. The problem with anxiety is anxiety is all about avoidance. It's yep. like escape the threat, get away from the threat, maybe even fight the threat so that you can get away from the threat, yeah. you know, or get rid of the th- threat. And so it's it's not conducive to actually doing the things that help you to live a really big and full life because the more you avoid, the smaller your life gets. Yep. And so by reducing down the levels, that's how you have more space to be able to do the hard work of doing the challenger zone, we call it, which is that next level up. And that's where you start challenging the anxiety. You start 
setting up experiences where you're going to go do something that's a bit difficult, that makes you feel a bit uncomfortable, but in such a way that you can retrain your brain not to see it as threatening anymore. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you do the regulation to manage it, but that's just, well, it's like putting on a brake in a car while your anxiety is pushing down the accelerator. Mm -hmm. You know, you're working against yourself. And yeah. it's, it's hard work to keep that regulation, but when you can, when you can learn to challenge that anxiety and retrain your brain not to see those th- things as threatening, yep. then it's like getting that anxiety to take off the stop pushing on the accelerator, yeah. and so, it makes life easier. Two things I wanted to mention: number one, for our listeners, yeah. the link for that will be in the show notes. We'll make sure to mm. put that in so you can catch it. But the second one is to kind of give an example, just from my experience of what yeah. you mentioned in a few different of the stages I can see, I can relate in is um, where you mentioned that your anxiety gets worse because of your anxiety. So you do something to take away the anxiety, but then you make more anxiety. For me, when my daughter was born, I was scared that of SIDS, that she was going to pass away while sleeping. So then I wouldn't sleep. And so then I would become more anxious and then I literally couldn't sleep. So I would go like three days with next to no sleep. And if no one was awake with her, then I wouldn't sleep. So I would stay up all night and then maybe sleep for an hour or two when my husband was awake, but then I would be nervous that he would be sleeping. So they would perpetuate this, like I'm helping myself, quote unquote, by staying awake so that I know that nothing's going to happen for sure. But then I'm getting more and more anxious because I'm not getting sleep and taking care of myself. And then the second, the one you mentioned where you kind of do small little things that feel uncomfortable. Um, it made me, made me kind of laugh internally because when I was in that study, one of the things they made us do was that is like, okay, what are you going to commit to doing this week? That's like a step forward. And for me, one of the things was like making sure my house was super clean. So like I was vacuuming and, and washing the floors and all of this stuff. And so they made me not wash the floor in the kitchen for a week, which by the way, now like my vacuum mop does that. I don't even hardly ever do that. Or my cleaners come every two weeks. But at that point it was like more of a daily thing. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense. Why would I not wash my floors? If it's a quick, simple thing I can do, that doesn't make me like, you know, it goes away and it's quick. So why would I not do it? And exactly what you said is learning to start to train your brain in something that's really not going to affect your day-to-day life, but Mm. feels so uncomfortable in the moment. Like you're sitting there looking like that would take me 10 seconds and I would feel better. (laughs) So why am I not doing it? (laughs) Uh, And this is the frustrating and challenging thing about anxiety is anxiety. It makes you want to do the things that make the anxiety reduce. But those, we call them safety behaviors and they reinforce Mm. the anxiety because you do it, makes you feel good. And your brain is actually telling you, you just survived dying. You know, like, it's like, it it has this kind of, because the part of our brain that's dealing with the anxiety is is a lot more primitive. It's not Mm. as logical as the front part of our brain. And so it's kind of like, will this kill me? Will this not kill me? Is this, you know, safe, not safe, but on the level of like death kind of levels. And so when you do something like clean its floor, it's like, oh, good thing we cleaned our floor or we might have died. And it's like, it's not logical, but that's what our brain is doing. That's and what so it feels like too, right? Yeah. And so you're reinforcing that. And then when you don't clean the floor and you don't die, it's like, mm. oh, I didn't die. Maybe the floor can't kill me. And it's just like, oh. And it seems, it seems ridiculous, but that's just, it's what our brain does. And unfortunately, when we do these avoidance things and when we, we do things to make ourselves feel better from the anxiety, it just ramps that anxiety up and yeah. it becomes more and more of a problem. And that's why understanding is it's so important because you've got to start doing 
uncomfortable things that don't feel right yeah but that will make your life more expansive and it's yeah. it's where it's like do you want especially if it's affecting your functioning to the point where you you know you're not sleeping and you're not able to live your life how you want yeah. to it's like do I want to be able to do these things and live my life or do I want to focus on trying to be comfortable away from the anxiety and it's leaning into that that challenge and it's hard that's the hard piece and that's why we don't start if if someone came in to our a session and we said right you're gonna do the things you're scared of <laughs> you're like Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> no it's like we're gonna give you the skills to make this reduce this down so it's not as intense for you and then, you know, with those, the sun's coming out and making you really it's bright. Okay, it's Sorry. so early there. It's beautiful. I know. It's golden hour. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just shining and glowing. Exactly. Anyway, so what you end up doing is you start with that regulation piece. And then once you've got that managing down, then you can start doing the more challenging stuff. The only difficulty with that is some people go, oh, I'm able to manage my anxiety with these strategies, but I'm not going to go to the next level. And it's like, mm. well, that's your choice, but it is a harder work and you haven't retrained that. So it's important to keep moving through those stages. Yeah, because it is important to do that work, yeah. but it is challenging and you can break it down into smaller steps. Like you said, doing, not saying, okay, now you need to leave your child for the whole night and sleep and just, you know, lean into that anxiety. It's like, right? that's not going to be well, the worst thing you happen. do. It's not going to happen. You're going to avoid it or you're just not going yeah. to sleep. Yeah. And so starting with something else, something small. And we, we do an epic staircase where we start with like, what's the, what's the goal, the top goal you want to reach. And now let's break it down into steps. Like let's mm-hmm. start with something really small. And then what's the next step and the next step. And we're just going to work our way up these. And the cool thing is that your brain actually generalizes that. And so when you do that first step, it makes the next step not as high. It's mm. like that comes down yeah. to where the first step would feel like. That's and cool. so it, it makes it easier. So you're not, the, the top step's going to be a lot easier by the time you reach it. Um, yes. And so that's why we call it a domino process because you do need to line it up correctly. If you hit, try to, and dominoes in the sense of not just the same domino size, but increasing sizes of dominoes yeah. I don't know if you know this but one of the exciting things about dominoes if, if you have one a domino you can knock over another domino one and a half times its size huh? and so by the 10th domino you're knocking over a domino as tall as a person wow 31st domino is taller than mount everest wow so the cool thing is if you start with something small and achievable yeah lined up next to something just slightly harder you do that, you can knock over your scariest anxiety thing you have just by going through that process. And that's partly also why we set up a process the way we did through trial and error of Michael working with hundreds of clients so that people can knock over their big goals without, you know, with that lead up and that momentum, getting momentum um, to be able to do it. That's so cool. I think like what, I love this conversation so much, first of all, but I think like, One of the biggest things with anxiety is, and maybe why it's not talked about as much as depression right now in like our, in our world maybe is because depression maybe is a little bit more visible. Like you, you can't get out of bed. You're tired. You're not doing things, but anxiety is quite till it gets to the top, but it's easy, quote unquote, very quote unquote to live with and to not to, to mask so that people mm. around you don't know you're not in bed. You're just washing your floor a hundred times, you know? So it, and, yeah. it, and it feels like you've just lost control. And, and instead of 
I've never dealt with, well, I have actually dealt with depression years and years ago, but instead Mm -hmm. of like being like slower, like you mentioned, you're more high functioning. Like it's almost like you're doing Mm -hmm. more and you're getting more done, which maybe can bring you to like, you know, to getting some other goals in your life done. So it almost feels like, oh, well, I'm not going to get help for this because it's just, I'm going crazy or I'm this, or like, I don't want to, and maybe people go, yeah. I mean, at the beginning I had trouble addressing that it was postpartum anxiety Mm. because I didn't even know that existed. I just thought like, this is the normal of being a mom is like, you're scared that your child's going to die every single second of every single day. (laughs) (laughs) To a certain extent, especially as a new parent, there's a level of normal there. There's a level of normal of your baby goes. And you're like, and you're like, are you alive? And then it goes, and you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. But it's, that's, that's the interesting thing about anxiety is anxiety is an emotion and a normal reaction to threat. So if a saber toothed tiger came running towards you, just about to eat you, Anxiety is a good response. Yep. You know, you want your adrenaline to kick in so you can run away. You want, you know, if you're back against the wall, you want to be stronger so you can fight it off. And, you know, maybe you even want to freeze up so that it doesn't see you and it goes past. And so it's adaptive and it's quite important for really physical, practical threats. The problem is we have these threats that are amorphous things that aren't actually a danger coming to get us that actually fighting running away or freezing aren't really helpful responses yeah and so when the difference is you know normal there's a level of anxiety that's just normal and when people say I want my anxiety taken away entirely it's like Mm -hmm. saying I want pain taken away entirely it's like actually if you do that you won't feel when something's hurting you to know to pull back so you need a certain level of it but it's when it gets dysfunctional when it's affecting your everyday life and your ability to function that's that's the problem zone and the the issue with anxiety is people can justify it to a certain level they're like but my baby might actually die so I do need to keep an eye on my you know I need to be responsible and look after but then it's at what point is that level actually dysfunctional Yeah. yeah and that's the that's the tricky piece and that's why you can't actually really help anyone with anxiety until they reach that point of acknowledgement mm-hmm. because they'll just go I'm a lot of things we hear for people we're like you've got anxiety but they haven't acknowledged it is I feel concerned about something and it's mm-hmm. like you're saying concern but that's anxiety <laughs> that's actually just your your anxiety and you're making a negative prediction about this yeah which is causing restrictions on your life you know mm-hmm. or people just not people just living their life and making do you we don't see a lot of people with who who have phobias for example because most people can generally avoid the thing they have a phobia of you know? right if they're scared right. of cats they just avoid they don't have a cat and they avoid seeing cats and that sort of thing and so they won't actually come and see us to, to I love that you out. said that because I'm terrible I do not like cats and I avoid them at all all right <laughs> so yeah. that's a good but- one <laughs> If you can, yeah. you don't go see a therapist to sort it out because it's not affecting your functioning. Right. But so there has to be that acknowledgement piece and then that yeah. that willingness to do something about it. And yeah. it's hard when when the family can see it, but the person Good can't person. because yeah. the family will come to us and be like, help this person. And we were like, well, until they can see it and they want to do something about it, there there's not much we can do. Yeah. You know, that's like with that's addiction theirs. too, right? Yeah. Mm, abs- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
So you just um, mentioned that you yeah. had your second baby. So how's that going yes. this time around? It's challenging because the level of challenge in my life is higher than it was last time. Yeah. I do seem to take on big things around giving birth. I don't mm. know what it is. We started the channel at four months after having my first son. Wow. And so that's where the online side of our business started was just then. And then this time around, we're, we're doing a, you know, development building project. And so it's just like, oh my gosh. So it is challenging again. And I'd like to say that I'm not struggling at all with my anxiety, but it is hard. And I do have some really hard days with it. And what I found with the anxiety is the most important thing to me is that I'm able to do the things that I value, mm. even if I'm feeling anxious. Even if I feel anxiety, it's not stopping me from doing the things. And mm. so I will have a really hard day, but I'm still doing the project. I haven't pulled right. out. Whereas in the past, anything that made me feel anxious, I would stop doing. So I would quit, quit the choir because I was getting too scared and anxious about going to choir practice or I felt like I had too much on. So I just, I would minimize and, and restrict my life to avoid mm. the anxiety. Whereas now... I expand my life. I take on bigger challenges, which brings big levels of anxiety at times, but it doesn't stop me from doing it. And that's, that's the big difference, I think. Is, I think that's and, so relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have my anxieties. Just dealing with two kids, like one kid was hard. Second kid, it's like, how do I care for the other one? Well, I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't like the way I cared for my first child was definitely not a sustainable method for two children. So it's like relearning a new way of doing it. Yeah. But um, it's different. And I didn't, this time around, I actually had a mental health plan. I did, I did a very intensive, which we actually offer for people. If, if anyone is going awesome. through postpartum stuff, we, we've created a checklist that you can work through any of the possibilities of what you might experience. So I did this. I was like, what are the things that might come up for me? For me, it could be um, anxiety, depression, potentially suicidality, and very unlikely, but I thought I'd put that there mostly for other people so they know how to recognize it. And yeah. the possibility of going up and possibly re-traumatized re as well was another thing. Yeah. And then I worked out a plan of if I saw early signs, what would I be doing? And also doing preventative things. If I saw severe signs what we would be doing and that sort mm. of thing and having that in place has been really helpful this time around it has made it a lot easier to get through um, the different challenges that I've had it's also hard with the COVID side of things because that does that has changed the landscape of there's yeah. a lot of things that I used to do to keep myself well that became very difficult um, to do like going out and yeah. <laughs> seeing people yeah. and that sort of stuff yeah. you know yeah basic human needs that have been interrupted but yeah so that's that's kind of where I'm at with this one it's like I'm not I'm not like all fine and dandy and nothing everything's going that's great. like the most relatable thing you could say yeah. really yeah yeah but it's like not that. it's not PTSD it's not the level of what it was last time mm -hmm. largely because of what we set up set in place yeah and it's the difference now. It's hard because I still experience anxiety and sometimes I have down days as well. And it's like, oh, am I sick again? Am I unwell? You know, am I experiencing mm. the same? Is this the same thing? But I look at the duration and it's like, I have a bad day or I have mm. a hard week. 
but it's not the months and months and even years of difficulty that I had when I was really severe. And that's because I had the skills that when something comes up, I can work through it and then get back into a place yeah. where, where I'm doing okay again. And that's, that's encouraging. People need to know that mental health isn't about, it's not a linear graph of recovery. It's not like, here you are at your worst point and then you're going to do some work and you're going to like, you're going to get better until you're like doing great. It's like, you're going to do work and you're going to, and then something's going to happen and then you're going to do something and then, you know, and as long as there's like a linear progression, then, you know, of improvement in between the sore two thing of like good and challenges and hard times, then you're doing, you're doing well, you're doing really well. And that's, that's what it looks like. It's not this, and you're, you haven't failed. You haven't failed in your journey if you have a hard day, if you have a setback, and you're not back to the beginning because you have the skills you've developed to get to, that's important to where too. you are now. Yeah, that's yeah. important because it can feel like when you're doing it again, it can feel like, well, here we go again. Like, I don't want to use my skills because I don't want to do all of this again. Like, I'm just going to ignore it. And then you put <laughs> yeah. yourself right back into the cycle. So <laughs> I give myself a day where I'm like, you can be like down and like stay in bed and watch crappy TV and that sort of stuff. And if it doesn't make you feel better, if it's not actually that what you need, the next day we're going to get up and we're actually going to do the things mm. that help us. Like give myself some grace to yeah. like just kind of be like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's too right? hard. But I find I like have that extra challenge of, yes, I've worked through this and the setbacks are hard, but I'm also like very visibly recovery person like I am the the example of what can happen when you work through your mental health so when I have a bad day I do sometimes struggle with that that experience of going I'm supposed to have it all together and then it's like Michael's really good at helping remind me he's like no you're not supposed to have it all together and actually how far you've come can be unrelatable at times (laughs) (laughs) you can do with struggling a little bit more to be more relatable to our audience and seem more realistic I'm obsessed that's amazing but it's so true though because yeah that's what that's what I thought when you said like it's not like all roses right now it's like yeah yeah because like it's not always going to be no matter how far you've come and even if you own an anxiety business you're still going to have anxiety (laughs) right Uh so (laughs) I love this thank you so much but some of my struggles can be the best thing that our group needs. Like last week, I was like, on the group call, I was like, okay, today we're going to start by talking about how when you've done a whole lot of work and then you take on a new big challenge and you have a whole lot of anxiety and you feel like you're back right back at the get- beginning, but then you think, wait a minute, I've just tackled something massive that's understandably anxiety-provoking. I'm at a new level, so I've got a new thing to work through. And that was exactly what the group needed to work through. And it's interesting... Yeah. I need to do this more actually is lean into the struggle and that that's actually my best place to help people It's so is true. when I'm and not getting it right. Is like, I'm not getting this right. I'm having this challenge and I'm going to share this with you and like take you along on the journey yeah. of like, I'm going to work through this. Yeah. It keeps me, thing. it keeps me really accountable to do the work being this visible. <laughs> It does. It does. I, when I shared about my Crohn's disease all the time, it was, that was one of the biggest things, but it's the cool thing about social media and kind of the atmosphere we're in now is 
like the most vulnerable you can be. And the more you share about like the downtimes, the more people can actually relate and, and want to join or be a part of the community. Cause it like, we yeah. see too much of this pretty picture. Oh, it's all perfect. Oh, I got to $20 million in my first year in my business yes. and no anxiety and uh, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I suck. <laughs> yeah. But but hearing people like you and I where it's like no like it's hard every single day like every single day has anxiety every single day has down points and wanting to quit and not wanting to do the work that we know Mm. is beneficial but addressing it knowing it what it is like you said learning what it is and and then knowing what the tools are and a support system is really beneficial like you said your husband someone I'm really lucky I do recognize that not everyone has a a psychologist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so well we can't go we, we don't go as psychologists anymore because we're international and that has Got like you. things but therapist as he's like yeah almost a decade of experience with doing therapy and you I, know, it's not a, a good thing or a bad thing because I'm like would I want my husband to be a therapist I'm not to sure to <laughs> start with to start with I hated it and I was just like doing your psychologist voice on me <laughs> I was just like no I'm not having that I'm just like and he was like we're so hard on him because he had so much to offer and he yeah. just could not have input. Mm-hmm. But I got to a place where it was like, I'm doing the work myself, but I'm going to ask you as if you're a resource and go, if you were seeing a client who was experiencing what I'm experiencing, what would you tell them to do? And right. then he Don't would tell me to do it, but tell someone else. <laughs> yeah. You just, just imagine telling someone else for a second and then I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to choose to implement something that you would t- tell a client to do myself and then yeah. I'm going to be like look what I did love and that's how I get around it but it's interesting because I think one of the cool things I've seen through my journey by being able to be involved in an anxiety business like this is that my journey has actually been really helpful for him as mm-hmm. well in terms of his therapy because he's been able to see me do so many different things and try so many different things and I we talk we're kind of obsessed about this mental health side of things. And so we, in our spare time, we like talk about mental health stuff and we're like thinking about it. It's like, oh, does this mean that? And like, oh, so many clients are having this experience. Do you think it means this? And like, we just get really into it that my journey has actually really helped him to be a better psychologist. And because of that, I'm sorry, um, therapist. Yeah. And because of that, it's really meant that we can, we can kind of help each other. And so it doesn't feel like that. I think it's the imbalance of power that's a problem if yep. you have a partner yep. who's a therapist yeah. because they're the person who helps like, people. Yeah. yeah, me and my husband just started a business and I have my business degree and I have you know a lot of experience with business and marketing and all the things. And literally yesterday, he's like, don't tell me what to do. Tell me what I could do. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally relate with the telling you what you could do what, rather than telling you what to do and that's yeah. I think that's a really important part of and this is the thing if you work in business with your partner you need to find a way mm-hmm. to work together and not have one person telling the other person what to do because yeah we've been working together for a long time now and you've got to figure those things out to be able yep. to kind of sustain it but there can be anxiety on the person of who feels less experienced, less like they have the qualifications, Mm -hmm. especially qualifications can be challenging because it's like, oh, I don't have the business degree or I haven't studied psychology. 
but figuring out what you bring to the business and leaning into that, it's, it's, it's my learning edge for this is, is to continually do that. And, um, but also when I jump on podcasts or, or share things online, I can share my personal stories as well, which is yeah. a whole nother element that, that Michael has some of that, but not to the same extent of what I've gone through. I struggle really hard and so <laughs> lots of exciting, really hard things. To share you have a degree people. of life. You have the degree of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love and I so keep much. getting like more postgraduate degrees, I think right. as well. <laughs> so good. Oh, thank you so much, Becky. It's been so phenomenal. This was such a fun conversation. Oh, if you, is so there fun. anything that you will like the floor is yours? Is there anything you want to promote? Do you have a program coming up? Or specifically yeah. your group program. I know you have your your um my anxiety reducer guide. Yeah, I think that's a really great place to start. So so we'll give you the links because they can get that, grab that. Yeah. It's a great place to start with anxiety, but also it connects them in with us in terms of they'll start getting emails from us, so they'll learn more about what we do, and also connect with us on Instagram as well. Anxiety specialists on so Instagram. Good. Feel free to DM us. We'd we'd be happy to connect with you in that way as well. I love so, yeah. it. Please support her. This was an awesome episode. Thank ah, you so much. This was so much fun. I really so enjoyed good. this. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. This was a, such a great episode. I'd related so much. And remember, dream big. It's possible for you and your next version of success is around the corner. Mwah!